You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. I'm here together with... Kiki. Hey, everybody. And Steffi. Hello. We're going to have another mini-sode today, talking about new releases and review them. Yeah, you can keep on talking, keep on going, because um, Eskimo Callboy, a German metalcore band, very crazy guys, very funny guys, <laughs> released um, an EP a few weeks already, I don't know, a few days, a few weeks ago, and... Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And I think you want mm -hmm. to tell us something about it. Yes. But before we start, or before I start my monologue about the Eskimo Kolba EP, um, for all of you out there who are not interested in Eskimo Callboy, you can just go to our chapter marks and see all the other releases that we're going to talk about and just click on the one that you want to hear and you will be directly there. It's magic. Magic. Technology is magic. So... Eskimo Cowboy released their EP, MMXF, which also means 2020, on September 11th. And in German album charts, they entered the top 10. Before we talk about the EP in general, I want to talk about what happened before. The former singer Sushi left the band in the beginning of 2020. Um, and the reason for it is the band describes is that the last album Rehab didn't have the spirit anymore. That's what the the other singer Kevin says in several interviews and that's also my impression because when I listened to the last album Rehab I missed something. I listened to Eskimo Cowboy since their We Are The Mess album which was released 2014 and everything they released before and after that fitted together. The scene which they released in 2017 was outstanding for me and Rehab always felt like kind of a B-side of the scene. I didn't pay much attention to the album at all because it wasn't able to catch me. So I listened to it maybe two or three times and then only to some songs that I liked. There's some cool songs on the album, but not so much. Um... And so uh, they announced the split with Sushi on February the 12th. And one day later, they invited people to send auditions to apply to fill in as a new clean vocalist. So now let's talk about To the Reds and Wolves. That's the former band of the new Eskimo Cowboy vocalist Nico. They announced the end of the band in late 2019 and played a farewell tour in early 2020. Before that, they already played some gigs with Eskimo Cowboy and the first EP was recorded by the Eskimo Cowboy guitar player Daniel. And if I remember correctly, Eskimo Cowboy can also be heard on one track on one To The Reds and Wolves album. Um, in early March, Eskimo Cowboy also announced that Nico will join them for their Russia tour. That never happened for COVID reasons. So they knew each other pretty well and still Eskimo Cowboy decided to not pick him as the new singer right away. Um, for the additions, the singers who wanted to apply to be the new singer, they could choose between three songs, which is Prism, Crystals and MC Thunder. And Nico chose Prism, which I think fits his vocal skills best. And since he does mostly clean vocals and Prism doesn't have any roles and screens, that's the obvious choice for him. You can still watch the video that he shot there for on YouTube, so you can just type it in in the search form and then you will easily find it. In an interview I watched lately, the Eskimo Cowboy Screamer, Kevin, said that a lot of great singers sent an audition, but since they wanted the new singer to live nearby, they invited the final two, and one of them obviously was Nico. After figuring it out, they announced him as the new clean vocalist, and since then they say the spirit is back. So Nico brought back something that they missed from making the scene until then, and Kevin calls, a, calls Nico, or <laughs> what he brought into the band the special ingredients in several interviews. And again, I can totally agree because 
Before Nico became part of the band, Eskimo Cowboy for me was mostly a party band and a band that has music for every mood for me, summing up everything I like from Eurodance to death metal, but I didn't pay much attention at all to the people behind the music. The story behind the lyrics, I never watched or read any interviews with them, which I normally do with bands that I like a lot. But for some reason, I never had the desire to do this. With the announcement of the new vocalist, that changed. So his vocals somehow made it possible for me to connect to the music in a different way. I can't really explain why and what it is, but today in preparation, I watched a lot of videos of his old band to the Reds and Wolves and also the new Eskimo Cowboy stuff. And I can tell that he's an outstanding vocalist with a really powerful voice. I had the same effect that I can connect better to the music because of a new musician with other bands, also with vocalists, with guitar players, and even with drummers who made it possible for me to find a better connection to the music and also the idea of the band. Today, I also watched a lot of stuff, um, a lot of live footage from To The Reds and Wolves and also Eskimo Cowboy to get an idea of how Nico might have an impact on the band's music. And my impression is that Sushi did a lot more distorted vocals like screaming and rolling in the songs. Sushi can do a lot of vocal styles. Um, Nico can do that too, but his voice is far more melodic and powerful. So in the early To The Reds and Wolves days, he didn't really grow, but he overpowered his voice so that it sounds like, I would say, the vocal style that you can hear in thrash metal a lot. It gets close to growling, but it still has a melody. Later, his harsher vocals became more and more real death metal screams, but still he doesn't do that much. So when Eskimo Cowboy were on stage with Sushi, you couldn't tell from a neutral perspective who of the two vocalists will be the next to scream or to sing, which led to a special drive in the live shows and it speeded up the show and the performance in general. So I expect Nico will do most of the clean stuff and also parts that maybe Kevin used to sing in the past so that Kevin will do almost all the screams. It won't be such a mix anymore like it was with Sushi. It'll become more separated like in a lot of metalcore bands that you really have the clean vocalist and the screamer. Um, the fact that Eskimo Cowboy had two singers being able to do so many vocal styles in a perfect way made them kind of outstanding, but in the end, Nico also is an outstanding vocalist and the band will benefit from his voice a lot, I think. And um, as we already saw at the Wacken Worldwide gig, there is still a lot of energy and speed in an Eskimo Cowboy show, even though you can't compare the recent gigs with a huge concert in front of a lot of people because it has a totally different energy. So the spirit of the live shows remains a mystery until they'll hit the stage again for a real tour, and I can't wait to see how they perform with the new lineup and the new spirit, or the old new spirit, however. Um, by the way, it's really fun to watch all the making of videos. And I think Eskimo Cowboy should definitely start a Twitch channel because especially Kevin is very entertaining and I'm sure a lot of people would watch their stuff on Twitch. They started a channel, but I think they did, they once did a show there, but after that they didn't do anything there anymore. So at least I don't, I didn't see anything else there. I think they have... The band is very um, good to promote themselves because uh, all these videos they um, yeah they have a very good um, connection to to the fans and they know how to use social media YouTube. They also collaborated with uh, YouTube German YouTube stars like Hand of Blood, and so of course they got a huge fan base or just yeah had the opportunity to uh, let it grow. So, with MMXX, Eskimo Cowboy present Nico as a new singer and they have three songs. And they have three new songs and three old songs, which they rearranged. Originally, they wanted to release an album, but they were so thrilled to release something with a new crew that they decided to do the EP, also because of COVID and because everybody had to stay home at that moment. The first single is Hyper Hyper, which is also the first impression of Nico. Um, I watched an interview. As I said, I now watch Eskimo Cowboy interviews. Um, and they had one with another band. 
who didn't know the singer, the new singer before. And they also were surprised by the Hyper Hyper video. Um, and they told a very funny story because they said, okay, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how serious you are with this video. And since we didn't know the new singer, we thought, okay, maybe he's a glam rock guy and Eskimo Cowboy does glam rock now. <laughs> It's called Glamcore. Glamcore, yeah. <laughs> That would also be great. Because in this Hyper Hyper video, they dressed up like people from the 80s with a special style with um, sweatpants and everything. And yeah, the style is really, really cool and it's all very colorful. And just fucking crazy. You should definitely check out the reaction video by Two Rocking Grannies because that one is really, really great. Yeah, the reaction videos. Um, I think it it went almost... What? Almost? It went viral. It was just... Yeah, it was... a. YouTube trend to do uh, reaction videos to that song. There were so many. Just uh, if you want to <laughs> check it out, just type into YouTube, into the searching stuff, uh, Eskimo Korba Hyper Hyper Reaction. There's so, so many. And um, Eskimo Korba themselves or Kevin and Nico did a video where they reacted to the reaction videos. And I think... After these reaction videos, lots of them were made by US YouTuber. I can imagine that they will become uh, quite popular in the USA in one or two years also. Hate Love is more serious song. It's not that party song, it's more the typical metalcore song. Um, all their uh, music videos are so produced very in very high quality. And also very, yeah, seems to be yeah innovative and makes fun to watch them. They also always have a making off video to the video clips, which I think is really cool. And for Hate Love, um, when you look at Nico's outfit, he's wearing something that looks like a trash bag. <laughs> I don't know. His outfit is really weird. And uh, there is a very cool behind the scenes um, scene where... Kevin, where you see Nico dressing up like this and Kevin tells him, you don't have to look beautiful. Style is a circle. Some things look so shitty that they are beautiful again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> True story. I can, I can totally agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The song Hate Love is really cool. I like it a lot. Um, it has... Uh, all the lyrics are also interesting because... Well, the song is about the end of a relationship. And you can also read or inter uh, interpret them like it is not over yet for the person who is telling the story. Mm, for me, it sounds more like he's obsessed by the other person. For me, the song is just fucking creepy. If he sings like, I want to keep you alive just so, I don't know just to hate you or something. It sounds quite brutal. Whoever writes the lyrics, <laughs> he might have an uh, interesting mindset. <laughs> or just know how to shock. Oh, well, not shocking. It's not shocking at all anymore. But um, I think it fits, to, it fits to the music at all. It's very extreme music, metalcore, and seems to be aggressive, but also want to do party and I think if you want that the lyrics fits into the music it's a good choice to do such topics maybe it's also um, picked from movies or um, TV serials or something like that so that you just um, write something down that you saw in a movie or sometimes or in other Eskimo Cowboy songs It's also um, a bit satirical so that you mm, just yeah. do something to criticize it. Yeah, true. Yeah. MC Thunder 2 is another example because it's so much over the top. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking great. Oh, yeah. And that music, uh, music video once again. It was so mm -hmm. impressive. How, But there, what? Is, there is a story behind this video. Yeah, that's um, right. 
tell us. That's the sequel of MC Thunder from the, the Scene album. In the first video, Mr. MC Thunder wants to go home from a party, but he lost everything. So um, he tries to find another way home and sees a Cadillac at the parking lot and he steals it. In the end, he says it's his Cadillac now. There have been two teaser videos for the MC Thunder 2 song and video. And the first one shows that MC Thunder, who is based in LA, I think, goes on a ship with his Cadillac and the container he takes is supposed to go to Tokyo. But in the end, a breeze comes and takes away the order, showing the new destination, which is Berlin Spandau. The video was supposed to be shot in Japan, but for obvious reasons that was not possible. And so they decided to shoot it in Berlin instead. The story is that MC Thunder still thinks he is in Japan and he wants to be a ninja and acts really strange. So he gets in trouble, but later he gets superpowers and he's looking like a Power Ranger on speed or something. Um, the video has a lot of awesome scenes and um, it's also worth watching even if you don't like the band because, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's really funny. They have a special dance that you can also look up on one of the actors on his Instagram channel um, and they work together with the YouTubers Hand of Blood for this video. We don't have to talk about the music of MC Thunder 2 so much because it, um, it is the logical successor to the first part. I hope there will be a third part at least so it should be a trilo trilogy. <laughs> you can also do a fourth and a fifth, I don't know. You can continue with MC Thunder forever. What do you think, Steffi? Uh, what do I think? This EP, or especially Hyper Hyper, is um, <laughs> the reason why I fell in love with Eskimo Callboy. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was... Uh, I heard the name the band before but it was more like core, oh no I'm not so into metalcore at all mm, nah, mm, don't want to listen to them and then Pia just um, uh, posted into our into our group chat and yeah of course I watched it out <laughs> and it was what the fuck what the hell what's happening in my brain it was just I I didn't get it out of my brain anymore. That sucked. And, um, yeah. And so, hate laugh to Eskimo Korbay because <laughs> it will last forever in your ears. <laughs> um, that's a short story. <laughs> um, after that, um, Hyper Hyper was the first song of the EP um, to come out. And it was so like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I like them. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> so I checked out Rehab, their latest album. Um, everyone Did you like else it? says, yeah, uh, everybody else is just like, uh, it's it's a bad album. I liked it, yeah. But I think um, because I, I'm not into metalcore so much, and everyone or the critic was that it's not Eskimo Koba how it was before. So I think um, for me it was very very good and easy um, opportunity to get access to the music mm -hmm. uh, because it was a little more poppy or catchy and yeah not lots of uh, or maybe not lots of but more clean vocals and um, yeah a little bit more melody for me <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it yeah I liked the album I listened lots of times to it and yeah later Well, well, later, still now, I check out um, even older albums. Yeah, yeah, it's very funny to listen to them. It's, yeah, it's just it's just fun, and if you have a bad day, go and check them out, and you will get into a better mood. I promise mm. you. I'm really looking forward to see them on stage again, and I yes. have the impression that Nico also fits perfectly in this group of people so yeah, when, you, when you see them together somewhere it's like he has been there forever we watched together all three together that was a very good evening good night um the wacken worldwide edition 
and Eskimo Kobai took part of it and they performed yeah like they do also normally perform but yeah without crowd without a crowd was a good first impression definitely yes Kiki did you enjoy our evening with Eskimo Kobai it was a lot of fun actually I didn't expect it to be I didn't expect to enjoy Eskimo Kobai to be honest <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought all the years, too. <laughs> And no, then somewhere they will catch you. <laughs> what? This sounds like a threat. Someone send help. <laughs> no, um, I actually I actually thought it was very well done. The whole, uh, the stream that we watched uh, was quite cool. And... The music was upbeat and good mood. So, yeah, I, I agree for sure with Pia when she says that Eskimo Kobo is the perfect uh, metal party music. And for those who like Eskimo Kobo and haven't done it yet, you should also check out Nico's former band, To the Reds and Wolves, because they are also really cool. Um, also, a word to the former singer Sushi. He also has a new project now, which is called Ghost Kid. And the new album with nine tracks will be released on November the 13th. There are already two singles released. Um, the first one is called Start a Fight. And the second one is called Supernova, which is weird because Eskimo Cowboy also had a song called Supernova. But for this one, he worked together with Markus Bischoff from Heaven Shall Burn. And a little, a little note to uh, Rats and Wolves. I think two of the musicians who are now playing in Ghost Kid, they were former members of that band. So it's like um, Eskimo Callboy and to the Red Wolves, they just matched <laughs> together and um, yeah, something new came out of it. The music itself sounds a bit similar to Eskimo Callboy, um, but it has more rock and roll and it's crazier, I would say. <laughs> So um, it reminded me, or the, the show, the acting, reminded me a bit of Marilyn Manson and also the music. Of course, Sushi's vocals are different than the Marilyn Manson vocals, but yeah, I like it. So I'm really looking forward to the new release. Okay, Ivor. Oh, wow, that's, that's a very hard cut. Um, you can't listen, you do not listen to the music right now, but... Just imagine the opposite of Eskimo Cowboy, and that's Ivor. And okay, well, um, she is uh, oh, first. That's not metal, <laughs> and she is a singer-songwriter for from the Fairies. However, to explain it and not, not explain how to spell it, um, these islands between Scotland and Iceland. Do they belong to Scandinavia? To Denmark. Ah. Part of Denmark. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's very expressive singer, musician. Also, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I said, uh, singer-songwriter. And she's doing, like, dark folk pop, I would describe it. It's very, um, on the one hand, it's very dreamy. On the other hand, it's could also be very exhausting because she has a very specific uh, singing style and someone she has very a very high-pitched voice her voice can be quite exhausting but also very primordial or native and um, yeah it, it feels like she can catch all that summer violent nature of her home country into her music And that that's, wow, yeah, she can, for me, it's just like she express her landscape, her, yeah, her surrounding into that music to transport it. And, wow, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm in love with uh, all that Scandinavian landscape with lots of rocks and rainy days and gray and very rough and That's her music. Oh, shit, it's so hard to explain. Please just check her out. Um, yeah, and her latest album is called Seagull or Seagull. That one is a little bit easier. Or for me it was, or I also loved her former albums, but that one is a little bit catchier. Or you have 
easier access to her music on that album. So if you are interesting, interested after my <laughs> try to explaining of the album, um, you definitely should check it out. Um, and yeah, you can get into it. On that album, she does both uh, singing in English and in native language or in other Scandinavian languages. And um, yeah, and another fun fact. If you listen to our podcast with Hel from Ignea, she also covered A Song of Ivor on her latest album. And for me, very surprising because I thought it's not a metal band, so um, nobody else is listening to it in my surrounding. And yeah, she covered it. Hel of Ignea is also a very big fan of Ivor. Yeah, that makes Ignea or Hel even more sympathetic. Yes. <laughs> okay, end of story. Yeah. If you're interested into dark folk, pop, music, whatever, non-metalish, Ivor is my recommendation. And now, fit for a king. Yes. We will go back to metalcore again. <laughs> um, fit for a king released their new album, The Path, on September 18th. It's the band's sixth album, but it's the first that I listened to in total. So unfortunately, I can't really compare to the old stuff. I knew some of the singers that, the, that they released. They also released something together with We Came As Romans lately. Music-wise, Fit For A King are somewhere in between melodic death metal and metalcore. And when I started listening to The Path, I, my first thought was, okay, that sounds like In Flames in the times when they did really cool music. So um, in the times of Colony to Come Clarity album, but with breakdowns. Um, I even looked up if there is a connection between the bands because if you take the riffs, the guitar riffs, it just could be on an In Flames album also. And there are, they also sound or they have the aggressions like Ectomorph with the guitar riffs of In Flames plus breakdowns. I think that explains the first six songs of the album best. And especially Breaking the Mirror um, is like the older In Flames songs, which is funny because In Flames have a song that is called The Mirror's Truth. So that was the second thing that made me thought there might be a connection. Um, this strong In Flames influence, um, the last song that has it is Locked in My Head, which is a really, really awesome song. Um, and after that, the music becomes more or goes more in the direction of metalcore and is less mellow death. They did a song together with Ryo Kinoshita from Crystal Lake. The song is called God of Fire, and that one has a lot of electronics. So That's a, also a bit like the Encoder song from We Came With Romans album, Code Like War. That is also a break in the album with a lot of electronics. So when I listened to the album, um, I thought one song is better than the previous. So it's a really, really great album and it might become my album of the year 2020. And given the fact that Eskimo Callboy did a release and also many other bands that I really, really like a lot. And 2020 music-wise is so cool for me. I wouldn't have expected that a band that I barely listened to before could become my album of the year. So everyone who likes death metal or metalcore or both, you should definitely listen to this album. Now let's continue with the band or with the CD that I will definitely not listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, but before that, uh, I actually also had a very good first impression with the Fit for a King song. Um, the video was also very nice. So I am very much looking forward to listening to the rest of the release. But yeah, the, the album that Pia is referring to is Epica's B-Sides from The Quantum Enigma, which came out on September 11th. Uh, of 2020, obviously. And it actually surprised me a lot that they would release something, although 
the album, the eighth, their eighth studio album is still coming, supposedly this year. There's no official release date yet, um, but the album, the studio, the studio vlogs, so to speak, are still being um, released on more or less a regular basis. So I am very um, hopeful that it will still, that the new album was, will still drop this year. And if not, well, early next year, the latest, I think. Um, and so Epica released this B-Sides, which I actually... I have been, I must say, I have, I have been disconnected from uh, social media for a little bit. Um, and so it was actually Marcela Bobbio's newsletter announcing that she had done backing vocals for the Quantum Enigma back when it was released. And so her vocals were also in the B-sides. And she was obviously supporting Epica. And that's how I found out that this release had come out um it is very beautiful um it has four acoustic versions of songs from the album and five uh other songs which are also very nice it's i had a few listens i i gave the album a few listens and i obviously like it but it's obviously also nothing new It's kind of an EP. That's the thing with the EPs. That's the thing we have against EPs. <laughs> they're not fully new things. And they're also, they're, it's something weird in between. Um, yeah, but I obviously like it. And another Epica fan who I think um, also liked it um, would be Steffi. What did you think about the Quantum Enigma B-Sides? Um Yeah, it, it's Epica, so that's positive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was time to the album. And it, yeah, I think it was, of course, it's a different version, but I was familiar with it. And it was like, okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> I already knew it. Yeah, nothing impressive. But it's good. If you're a hardcore fan, You shall listen to it. Perfect, yeah. Um, and Steffi also had something to say about another uh, release. Yes, I um, talked about the new Long Distance Calling album in our last episode. And I know that Steffi also is a great fan of Long Distance Calling. So what do you think about um, How Do We Want to Live, the new album? First of all, I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like the music Um It was, um, I felt a little bit depressed, <laughs> I think, because of the lyrics. Um, yeah, also the, the whole topic, it's a concept album and it feels like a, a dystopia story they want to tell. Or I think it's also a concept of them or I just saw a post of them where they want to discuss after a concert also together with the fans because the album um, deals with AI and yeah all that robotic stuff like you know from sci-fi movies that an AI will get an own personality and want to have its own rights and so the album thinks about how that Well, even not how how it's possible or something, but it felt more like they want to um, present different point of views. The whole topic is really interesting because um, when you when you see it or when you see how Japanese people um, see that topic, it's completely different from how Europeans see AI. Because in Japan, robots and everything are seen and when you see them in a movie or something they are always something positive something that helps you something that supports you something that is mm. actually good for you and when you see western movies then robots yeah. become the enemies very paranoid, fast I think. <laughs> or more paranoid than japanese people yes um, um yeah quite interesting and it's not the topic where i'm 
so much into it or I have just different <laughs> topics <laughs> I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, it's can be very dystopia and also if you think about in a philosophic way. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that that's why I'm a little bit depressed about that or while listening to it I was a little bit shocked and that's um, uh, or long distance calling don't use that typical singing it's more like a voice over over their instrumental songs samples mm -hmm. they're an instrumental band with vocal or with, with voice samples yes yeah i just remember or that one just <laughs> was is very deep into my mind um and that's a very serious voice who's talking about uh humanity and compare it with the virus and it's not a new comparison it's yeah i think you already heard about that to compare both um But yeah, in, in the way how they did it was who, 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 shit. I don't know why it just touched me very, yeah, very. Yeah, deep. I can understand. It's always an experience on its own to listen to yeah, uh, long distance calling, and then especially with the topic mm. that touches you, then even yeah, more. Yeah, I want to catch them somewhere on tour to get that life. Yeah. Long Distance Calling are perfect when they are the last band of a festival day, two o'clock in the morning, and you can just sit there on a warm summer day and enjoy the show. Ah, oh, sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be me there at that place at that time. So, but let's do the next one. This is not a mini sode anymore. <laughs> This is a very long review sode. Um... Yeah, Oceans of Slumber, very good, uh, how to call it, I think it's progressive doom metal, I would describe it, from the USA, with a very talented singer, and I think Kiki wants to tell us a little bit about it. Well, I just wanted to uh, give you, first of all, the more technical details, so to speak, uh, The album is called Oceans of Slumber, just like the band, and it just came out on September 4th, so almost three weeks ago. <clears throat> well, when you listen to this, three weeks ago. By the way, we are um, recording on September 24th, and everything we mention you will obviously find at metal-n-highheels.com slash podcast where you can also find um everything else all of the all of the all of the things all of the episodes um yes so oceans of slumber i actually didn't have time yet to give it a very comprehensive listen but um I had to really um, concentrate, well, not, but look very well that um, at the duration of the songs, the first two songs are seven and a half minutes long. And after that, the shortest song is number track number four with three, uh, three minutes, 42 seconds. So it's actually a pretty um, lengthy song duration uh, for almost all of, the, all of the tracks on the album and that reminds me of very you know more technical bands reminds me of dream theater um and i actually don't really know the whole um history of the band but i really like their style and um most of all i like um cami's vocals so It's uh, it's an album that I'm definitely looking forward to listening more attentively to. Um, this is number one, two, three, four, the fourth, the fourth album by the band, at least according to their Spotify uh, discography. So yeah, Steffi, did you get to um, listen to it more? Uh, not really, because I know and love Oceans of Slumber, but uh, for me it's also a band uh, 
it's not very easy to listen to them because they are yeah, because of that doom proc style. Yeah, so it's it's technically <laughs> it's a uh, lot of stuff, and uh, yeah, the atmosphere can be very depressing in a positive and way. And there's an Eskimo cowboy party. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> no, not at all. But um, yeah, it, it needs to catch me up into the right mood, definitely. Otherwise, it's too hard for me. Um, yeah, it feels like like the big 800 pages novel <laughs> of I don't know philosophy and uh, nihilismus nihilism and uh, that's just nothing I want to read before I go to bed <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> and um, yeah so is um, Oceans of Slumber for me I think uh, it's winter I think also the last or uh, the Banished Heart, the album before the actual album. Also, to that one, I didn't get to listen to it because of that problem that it's a little bit too much for me, uh, for my mind. And um, yeah, Winter, I was into that album and that I listened a lot to and that was also when I fell in love with the band. Uh, but yeah, if I have a calm minute, I shall listen to... Uh, yeah, to Oceans of Slumber, to the album, definitely. Then the next album that I want to talk about is a bit older. I got to listen to it right after we recorded the last mini-sode, so um, I think I'll make this fast. The band is called In Heart's Wake, and the album is called Kali Yuga. Um, it was released on August 7th, and it's the fifth album of the band. The band is from Australia, I think. I would describe the music as metalcore, but with a lot of punk elements and no song sounds like the other, basically. So there are a lot of different styles, different influences and everything within the music, but it's a kind of concept album um, because it deals with the climate crisis mostly. Um, which also becomes quite clear with the two openers. So the first opener is called Crisis, and the lyrics are samples from Greta Thunberg's speech, Our House is on Fire. And the other opener is called Worldwide Suicide, and yeah, they also again talk about this topic. So <laughs> you dive deep into it, um, and besides that, it of course also criticizes the society, um, it's also good to take a look on the cover because it shows the goddess Kali Yuga with a lot of hands and in each hand she has got something that kills the planet or basically kills humanity, I don't know. <laughs> um, things that they think are worse and that are, for example, weapon, plastic, GM corn, fuel, money and so on. Um, but in total, the album is really interesting. So if you want to listen to something outstanding, you should um, definitely listen to this one. But there are also some songs that you can party to if you don't listen to the lyrics. And I think that In Heart's Wake are a really cool live band. So when they can come over to Europe or to Germany to play here, then I'll also... Um, go to one of the concerts. I think they'll be really cool on stage. Yeah. And now we have two newcomer bands. Um, it's Leechcraft from Finland and Lux, 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 Lux Graves. Lux Graves, yes. Yeah, we can actually start with that one. Uh, Lux Graves is a duo from New Zealand and they reached out to us uh, several months ago um, when they started to promote this, this EP that is called Sex and Superstitions and came out on August 13th. Um, it is very... They describe it as witchy, dark pop or something. It's very electronic. It's, it's dark and gothy. Um, I like it. We should give that a mention for sure. Um, 
it's an EP because it's a newcomer, obviously. Uh, yeah, still EPs are just okay, but when you're <laughs> when you're an upcoming band and you just want to put something out, uh, EPs are great. For the beginning, EPs are great. Um, and something that is not just an EP though is Lichcraft's album Thoughts of the Plague that came out on July 30th and is a project by a friend of mine from my Twitch stream, uh, a producer that goes by the artist name uh, Xavier Nelson. Um, he does different, very different kinds of music, um, has done uh, EDM, uh, like very electronic-y, party music that is also very good actually I have <laughs> heard some of that but his metal project is uh, Leechcraft and he did most of the work on this album and only worked with a singer all of the rest is his work which I find very very admirable uh, and so the album is dark genty and The opener, I have to check out the the uh, set the, the set list, the playlist, no, the track list, that's the word. The track list for a little bit. The intro is called The Gathering and it rocked my world. Um, <laughs> it's a very nice bass line that I really liked. Uh, Morte Eterna is the next uh, song and Perpetual Twilight, those three first songs are, uh, in my opinion, the best in the album, or which I liked the most. And um, yeah, if you need something new from Finland, um, go ahead and check out Leechcraft. Um, yeah, very recommended from my side. Yeah, upcoming releases. That's my turn again. Because I want to tell you something about... Yes. Um, Dino's Odini's day. Thank you. Why? I am just stupid to <laughs> say that name. That's so bad. Just, just spell it in German. Dino's Odini's day. Yay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. So simple, <laughs> but so difficult for me. Um, Claire of Deliverance. That's a crowdfunding project. They started, I don't know, I think last year something, maybe even earlier. And it will be released at December 4 this year. And it's an Oprah metal music series. If I listen to that, um, that word metal opera, I think about... Uh, cliche and uh, too cheesy, uh, too much sugar in my tea. Um, <laughs> but this one seems to be, uh, well, I'm looking very forward to it because the band has a very specific style. They do symphonic death metal. Um, but yeah, not in, not in a typical way somehow. The last album, um, sadly I forget the name, sorry for that. But yeah, just check out the band, they're a young band, there are not so many albums, you will find it. And they mix it with, yeah, also some core elements maybe, or, uh, yeah, it's it's metal death, but with a typical symphonic metal elements, and, um, yeah, but it's it's not like the, the big mellow death bands. They have 10 songs, um, and... Yeah, each song will get its own music video. I think they describe it after all as uh, it shall become a short film at the end. And who, who? They already released two videos or the first ones. It's called um, Ritual and Hunt. And I was very stuck by the quality of everything about the the cutting music, of course. But the pictures were so beautiful that the music was just um, also important, of course. But I was also very impressed by the video itself. 
and um, yeah it was a full production team like uh, yeah costume designers animal trainers uh, cast of actors actresses visual effects and stuntmen and everything it yeah it seems to be a really short film like you can also maybe watch netflix in december beginning of september december um yeah we can watch and listen to it full i'm hyped whoop whoop right train yep emirath uh will release uh their album manifest on 2nd of october uh we already saw a few songs um they released for videos already it's viral and strong and do or die and archangel and um yeah i'm not not a diehard fangirl of amaranth but i think uh you can listen to it it's uh yeah pop metal <laughs> and um they had good uh guests so strong is featured by nora Luhimo, maybe the Finnish name. Uh, she's singer of Battle Beast with a very strong voice. And uh, Do or Die is featured by Angela or Angela Gosso, the former arch arch enemy singer. And um, yeah, the, just to mention it, I think it shall be part of that list. And another one is a new album by Jaded Star. That's not such a big band. They're from Greece. And, ooh, yeah, I think they were quite silent for years. They, uh, we heard about them a long time ago and they, I'm not even sure if they released something, I think so. And then during the years, I sometimes thought, okay, what happened to Jaded Star? So I'm happy that they are back now. Yeah, me too. Oh, yes. And uh, yeah, the album will be released in. Uh, I didn't write down the date, but in the next weeks. And that is also a teaser for our next podcast episode because we wrote to the singer Maxi Neil, and she will uh, join our one of our next podcast episodes. So look forward to it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and All of the I places. don't know everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course in your podcatcher. And we will listen to or hear you or see you anyway. We'll meet again in two weeks. Yay! Pretty soon. Okay, so thanks for the long chat of that mini sode review sode, and yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.